from being a fresh recruit to training the next wave of soldiers, and then finally to being a person to help his fellow soldiers recover from their injuries. Today, we talk to an Army's master trainer about his experiences and the advice he has for you. Let's hit the music and let's get started. Joining me today is Jay Maddox. He is a musician extraordinaire. He raps, he does R&B, he does contemporary rock, he does pop. He might even do a little bit of metal that he's not talking about. And he exists in two worlds. He is both contemporary Christian and he is about as mainstream as you're going to get. But for our purposes, he is also a former military man. He was a sergeant in the army. And not only that, he was a master trainer. He helped in the rehabilitation of injured soldiers. And we're going to get into his experiences today. Maddox, how are you doing this morning? Uh, doing great. Doing great, brother. Uh, yeah, you know, it's blessed to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you. I hope you feel that way by the time it's over. <laughs> on the fittest fat kid we deal with physical setbacks fairly often but we haven't dealt specifically with the idea of trying to come back from the effects of an injury and certainly not one that might have been acquired in combat maddox to start tell us a little bit about your military service and then how exactly you got to the point where your job became to rehabilitate injured soldiers a little bit about my military service. I, I joined in uh, 2010 and I was stationed in uh, uh, Texas. I joined as a field, field artillery. I was stationed in Texas. You know, I, I trained up on my job. I learned it fairly quick. And then we deployed really fast. I went to Afghanistan within the first year of, um, you know, really being in the, in the actual army. And, you know, I was like, whoa. Um, and right there, I guess um, it was like a, it was, it, it was a culture shock. Yeah, it definitely was. It was definitely a culture shock. And I guess my body wasn't prepared as I thought I was. Before that, I thought I was in shape. I thought I was fit. But once I got to where I was at, having to wear that gear, having to carry that weapon, having to walk on those Iraqi streets, and like my back was like tore to pieces. How much was that gear in weight? Honestly, I can't fully remember. I, I think, oh, I, I can't remember. I think the plates sometimes is like 10 pounds each, possibly. They got some side plates. It's probably like it's probably maybe uh thirty pounds of plates, uh, thirty pounds of plates. But we also have you know the magazine, all the you know the rounds and the weapon and helmet. So I don't know. It it was a lot probably. It's <laughs> probably like seventy pounds. I don't know. Seventy pounds. Wow. It was definitely different. If you know, I, a lot of times I thought of my core just as just my front, not the back side of my core. But um, so that tore me pieces going downrange, and it was so it got, it got to a point where after I left Iraq. I had to come back to my, my daughter being born and I could barely pick her up. I just couldn't pick her up. I couldn't even wear the little harness that dads would wear to carry. It. I was like, oh, but I don't know. I think uh, I just wanted to slowly get into recovery. Because it tore your back up so badly to have that much weight on you all the time. And walking on rocks, unevenness, it was, uh, it was a little different. Did you see actual combat? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, my literally the first, very, very, very first mission we ever left the base uh, about, um, uh, honestly, probably like three minutes into it. We all got into the vehicle. We're pulling off and shoo, a rocket comes right past our, our, our vehicle. We have to leave vehicle. 
And yeah, it, was, it just, yeah, things changed like, you know, blink of an eye. And I was brand new. I was still like a private. I was, I didn't even make rank yet. I was still a, you know, a young buck in the military. Um, but I wasn't afraid. That, they didn't fear me. I was, I was bold enough to, you know, do my job. But it was like, oh, game time. Let, let's go for it. And just young as I was, I wasn't that young. I was 20, 21. But, you know, I was, I was prepared. But my body wasn't. Mentally, I was. Because they say they train you to be physically and mentally tough. And I was mentally tough. But physically, I wasn't ready. <laughs> so you were in combat. At some point, you make the rank of sergeant. And then you began. Did, did you, were you taken out of, um, I guess, and I'm not a military person. So if I, I want to apologize to both you and any other military listener who might be on here i do not mean any kind of disrespect if i misstate the words because i'm a civilian so i don't know what these things are actually called <laughs> and i just want to show the respect towards that at some point once you hit a certain rank were you removed from patrols and active combat to then go into training people in basic training how does that transition happen and what's that like for you um, no, uh, as a certain rank, uh, we were, you know, um, I, I didn't get pulled away from, you know, the combat or even patrols. Oddly enough, the only thing that pulled me away from patrols, I believe, was prayer. <laughs> I was, uh, so just being, being inside of, um, after that first, at that first situation with, with the rocket and, you know, hit, you know, we were safe. But then right after that, uh, I wanted to advance my career. So next thing I know, I was doing these things called the military board where you, you know, you go, you know, you test your knowledge to be ranked up to get to these next ranks. So I was trying to, you know, excel. And one day I was supposed to go out with my guys. But then he said, no, no, no. They say, hey, hey, stay back. I need you to win this board for us. I said, all right. So I stood back studying, studying. And next thing you know, that my truck got blown up. I said, wow. But all family in my home hometown always was praying for me. And, you know, the Lord revealed it to me later. But then after the same thing, um, uh, it happened one more time. I think I got I got called off for something else, and once again they got blown up again. I said, "Wow, what is going on?" So I I was I was spared. You know I didn't get any you know a major you know uh, me physically I I didn't get blown. Up. I wasn't in, in those situations. You know we've been shot at and all those attacks. But um, you know I think just you know coming out of it. And, you know, still having all my limbs and, you know, not having no TBIs and everything like that. I, I really just pushed towards, you know, just helping other people recover. I saw how some people were, you know, emotionally, you know, broken by it. They didn't do what they normally did. They were more, you know, stressed out, anxiety and everything like that. So I, I like really started twisting towards like, how can I, you know, get into a, somewhere I can help people. So they had a master fitness training class and where I can help, you know, help people recover. And that's what I, you know, I chose to do from there. But you know, that was when I came back uh, to this, uh, no, to this, to the States when I was um, out of Iraq and Afghanistan. So you didn't do the training stuff. You didn't, let's just call it for ease of this conversation, the physical rehabilitation of injured soldiers until you hit the States, if I understood that correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It started, it started in the States because that's where the training was at. Um, so I did it in the, I did it in the States. We got certified and then, you know, I was, I was let loose. I was out there just, you know, helping people. And then that's when I moved to Germany. And when I lived in Germany, as soon as I got to my first unit, they said, hey, you're a master fitness trainer. We need you. I said, okay. And like literally like two months on the ground, they were deploying. They said, we're only 18 people leaving, but we need a master fitness trainer. So while I went out there, I trained guys when we're out there. So that those guys, I did train out there. And they were some hardcore 18. The people you trained in Germany, were they injured soldiers or were they like fresh recruits and you were basically doing um, basic training with them, basically doing basic training. Look at my grasp of English. 
was that the general basic training or was that rehabilitation? How did how did that work? No, uh, these guys, when I trained out there, there was actually the, the, the best of their class uh, in field artillery. And those were like just hand selected, chosen to go out there and, you know, be field, field artillery support. So they were best of their class and they just, you know, their leader, their sergeant over them wanted someone who can, you know, make them even better, make them stronger, make them faster, um, you know, tougher. And that's exactly what I did. I came over, you know, a, a workout plan and eating uh, thing. We just, we just did it. We were, you know, awesome. Everybody was, everybody was in shape. We were, <laughs> oh man, it was amazing. I seen people get shredded up. Like uh, one had an eight pack. It was, it was wild. It was amazing. How much did you work on their backs just to make sure it's like, you know, nobody wants to work core, but that 70 pounds is going to be like resting against your <laughs> spine. You need to make sure that you've got the meat back there to support the weight. Yeah. Um, so the, the biggest thing, it was the motivation. I had a motivational chart. I, I like to draw. So I drew like a person figure, right? And I put a line next to everything. Who has the best biceps, the best back, you know, neck, who can, uh, and we, we did the competitions, who can hold their grip the longest. So all of that stuff, uh, I didn't, I didn't skip out on anything. I did full total body composition on building and it pushed, it pushed everyone. So everyone, yeah, they, they got their back, they got their legs. No one skipped leg day. It was a, you know, total focus. You gamified it for them. They, you're not beating me to this week. I've got the yeah. biceps. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're back there going like, yes, yes, you do. Yeah. Well, take us into, um, cause what I really want to hear about, I mean, like, first of all, that's awesome. And, and the glee in your eyes was sort of like, they were all shredded. <laughs> the rehabilitation, the, the dealing with hurt and injured soldiers. So when dealing with anyone was hurt, you know, when you come across someone hurt, you know, they, they really lose that hope. They don't, they feel like, oh, I want to go home now. You know, I can't continue my job. Like they didn't think they can't go on a mission with their guys at the time. They just feel, you know, just down. Or if it was actually something physical, someone, you know, whether they twist their ankle, whatever the case was. One thing that I learned from me, you know, me being injured is not to just push through, but just to know how to push through. So just taking the baby steps, like if I was doing like regular push-ups, if you can't do those push-ups, you know, go on your knees and just doing your arms and just slowly start building up. So teaching people the baby steps, every small step matters before you get to the big one. And that right there, that mindset right there, it helped so many people. And like, even if, if someone wasn't a great runner, it was the same thing. I'll take them on runs. We'll go nice and slow. It's nice and slow. And every time we ran, we'll beat it a second more or a second, two seconds more. And it, so it was the it was the small things, and you know, and I guess just the motivation. Because when I when I'm out here running or we're working out, I am talking. I when you motivate someone, in reality, what it does is, you know, when someone has like a down spirit, when you motivate them, you can tell that down spirit to shut up, and 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 it, and it really makes them like, you know what, I can't do it. And you talk life into somebody. So that's what happened for you know for the most part. In reality, they they pretty much healed themselves because they accomplished and they pushed their bodies past a point that they didn't think they can get through. I found with like sort of like the push-up thing and what you described is like you, if you can't do a full push-up you go to your knees and of course the name for that in some circles is sissy push-ups mm -hmm. so there's that certainly i've encountered it in, in my own experiences and i've seen it in various gyms and with various people i want to do push-ups but i can't do push-ups and just the idea that they can't stops them and going on the knees feels at first like it's a defeat in and of itself did you find you had have to work around like it's okay to go on your knees it's okay to take the step back to take the step forward did you find people blocked up in that way uh yes and, and that that involved a lot of you know just being humble and in reality i think i was able to work with them easily in that sense because there was times where i had people gathered around me i'm like i'm about to lift this right 
And I tried to lift it up. I couldn't lift it. It was like, oh, help, help. So, you know, even a lot of weight in your normal routine can humble you. So it's like, listen, everyone, everyone, you know, they knew. But I guess when you really get a lot of eyes on you, you got to do something. Everyone gets humble, especially in the gym. If you're really working out, you get humble. So I, that it, it wasn't a major thing, but it was like one of those here and there. Some people were a little discouraged. But, you know, like I said, you, when you when you have brothers in arms, you guys, you, you encourage each other. So the um, embarrassment really wasn't present. But when it when it is present, you know, you know, that, that's the ones you, you take on the side and you work with on the low and they come out sharp and just ready. What's the worst injury you had to help someone recover from? Uh, let's see the worst injury. Uh, uh, well, I, well, I, um. I think it was something with their uh, their hips, but that was that was actually through a a, a pregnancy women preg- pregnancy after recover from pregnancy. Oh yeah, that can really destroy someone's hips. It really can. Yeah, yeah, that, that was like that's probably the longest. So it wasn't it wasn't too it was it wasn't too bad, but it was just more of you know not physically being able to run on the ground because uh you know all the the hard contact. So then you got the elliptical, you got the bicycle, you take those things for recovery. So that was probably, you know, the, I can say the worst, but that was the more, more, most time consuming, the longest recovery time, I guess, because they, women get, you know, stress fractures and everything. So, but, you know, for guys, uh, I would say the same thing w- would be either their back or f- for myself, because I suffer from, you know, Achilles. Both of my Achilles were, um, I, I couldn't even walk. Did they get severed? Did they get strained? I forgot what they told me. Um, um. But it was like it's like it's like pins and it, it it just hurt so bad. I could I like I don't know what they gave me to even get over that pain. I forget. But when I took it, was there surgery or was it just medicine? Uh, just medicine. Partial tear. And then I think they did like little pinpoints in my legs as well. Uh, it, I don't know if it was a tear. I, I really I really can't remember it. I just remember how <laughs> I just remember how bad it was. That was probably the hardest because it was on myself. Man, just looking at everybody else, you know, having them go on and me sitting back like, oh, I'm the fitness trainer, but my Achilles. And it, it, it came from me doing, I guess the tipping point came when I was on the floor or my hands on my back doing like the flutter kicks. And I think as my feet hit the ground for some strange reason. You slammed. Yeah. The next day it was, Oof. something must have just tripped. And it was, it was, I was like out for like a few weeks, maybe two, two, three months. And then even when I got out the military, it was still never fully recovered. But being out of the military, I, you know, I told myself, listen, I don't have anyone pushing me, but I can push me. You still have the gift. You know what you have to do. And I did it. And now I still go running. Like even right today, I still got to do my three more miles. And I've been running three miles every day of this month. I'm, I'm fully recovered. And it, it was all about just, you know, pushing through because I couldn't just run. I had to, you know, I had to walk. I had to yeah. go more on my toes. And but now I'm, I have full mobility. Do you find you need to? I mean, it's a good idea to start walking for a couple minutes before going into a run anyway, just to get the blood flowing. But I, I've injured my Achilles as well years ago. And even now I will still feel the pain a little bit. You start walking at first, like, Oh yeah, there it is. I need to walk for about five minutes before the blood flow has gotten in and everything's all nice and warmed up. I also have another buddy who he had a full tear and it took him, he's still recovering from it. And that was like surgery nine months ago. Achilles doesn't have a lot of blood throw through it, so it takes it a while to heal. Yeah, my my advice for that, I would you know you know encourage everyone to always um you know stretch it and have um you know increase your mobility and all your joints. You know, stretching is so important. We forget to do it. You know, I, I know this because you know just on a daily um you know everyday thing, you don't really know what part of your body you're going to use that day, or you don't even know if 
that day is the last day where that thing's about to snap. <laughs> so, you know, yes. you should always just use it. I, I remember this one particular time, you know, when I was in high school, I have a twin brother. We both we both ran track. We were so athletic. You know, we went to states, champions, all that stuff like that. And our coach loved us so much, right? And we we didn't prepare for certain um events, but we just athletic. She's all right, who won the high jump? I just did the high jump. And the more I kept jumping back and jumping back, wasn't trained, but I was popping uh, something in my groin. It started hurting a little bit. I didn't think of it. We went to state finals. We we're doing a relay race. I was the third leg. They gave me that baton and I'm running. Pop, something popped. And I just went down. I said, oh, Lord. So I, I didn't know anything about how the body works. I didn't know the functionalities of the joints. And yeah, I was down. I stopped sports right from there. But yeah, it's important. So as a trainer, as a man who has whipped bodies into shape, both for just getting them ready for combat and to rehabilitate them, what would you say are the most neglected bits when people go and work out and they're trying to get stronger or specifically not so much get stronger, but get fit. What, in your opinion, in your learned expert opinion, are the bits and pieces people neglect and end up paying a heavy, heavy price for because of that neglect? Food and rest. That's the biggest things when you want to, you know, when you come to fitness, muscle growth, joint mobility, food and rest. What you put in your body is what fuels your body. You put junk in it and you're going to perform exactly like that junk you put in there. If you don't get rest, your body can't function right because it didn't get the recovery and it'll be put under too much stress. So you're saying that bugles aren't exactly your best marathon food. Is that is that the <laughs> point you're putting no. out? Does no, the flavor no. of the bugles make a difference to that? Yeah, but those are the, those are definitely the, um, the two the two major things, you know, because your body, you, I mean, you can go to the gym and work out really good, but if you don't allow your muscles to, you know, recover and, you know, even those cells to, you know, build, tearing them down and you get muscle damage. Is it a matter of overtraining where they don't give respect to rest because somebody who's training hard may get into the mindset of not wanting to be quote unquote lazy. Some people start giving up rest days. They work out for, they find a way of doing it seven days in a row. Is that one of the problems you're thinking about? Or is it just sort of like in the modern day, we're supposed to work all the time and then we've got to work. It's a very much a work-based culture and sleep deprivation seems culturally expected. I would say more, more in the lines of, um, it, it kind of plays into like ego and being impatient. Like once you're, once you're working out, you can work out for your arms. You can do arms three times a day. I mean, sorry, three times a week or four times a week, but men, we have egos. We're impatient. We want to grow it. So we'll work, we'll work them out for six days straight, maybe all week, seven days, six days, but that's too much. You know, it needs time to, to relax itself. It needs time to grow and recover and all the cells, but that type of not, not having rest. We, you know, we, we want to push it, push it, push it, push it. But you really, you know, you're prone to more injury as you push your body for overtraining. When you overload your muscles in that sense, it's too much because you can, you can get a great progressive overload on growing your, your, um, your muscles through a three-day, four-day thing. But anything more, it, it, sometimes it's just, it's too much. You, you can overstrain your body. Everybody's body is different. Some people, um, you know, body type can actually exceed more. Like you could be working at a, a factory, you know, or um, on railroads and that's been your thing. And guess what? Your body has been trained to do that. And, you know, you've been, whatever you're doing on the side, your recovery, your body's, you, you, that's your body type and you can, you can do it. But most people, it's an ego and impatient thing. They feel like, oh, I'm, I'm losing my gains, but it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Well, if somebody, let's say somebody is trying to grow out their chest or just they're trying to grow their muscles, how would you arrange that week? I've hired you to train me to make me look like the miniature professional wrestler I'd always want to look like because I don't actually have legs. So I'm never going to be six foot two, but I want that ripped physique. 
what would my days look like? How would you, for ideal making that happen, what would the days look like? Let's say, say for like it's a Monday, it'll be like a, a push day. You'll do, you use your push muscles. Then next, then the next day you'll be your pull muscles. Then there'll be your, um, your full body. And then you'll do another push and you know, the pull and then you'll rest and then you'll do core. So you'll, you'll break them down when it comes to even working on your chest, you know, even to get a bigger chest, more weight, you need to work right here, you know, get, get into your lats. You need to be able to work on the back, back end as well. So do the push, the pull, you know, alternate, you know, something like shock your body. Don't just put your body in a, a regular, simple, a repetitive thing where it, it just catches the cycle. You, you know, like, you know, shock, shock your muscles. So I would say, you know, a, a push, a push day, a pull day, full body day, a, a core day. So just switch them up. And how much variation would you do with the actual exercises within each individual day? Um, let me see. Save as a push day, it's probably like five or five to six different exercises, and like maybe three to four sets, you know, each at reps that you can maintain with you know proper uh, proper mechanics, you know, um, without overstraining. Something you can you know sustain yourself through. Five to six exercises, so we're talking about twenty to twenty-five sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, I can't do math. Like five. Would you be varying the exercises from? So on this push day, I've decided I'm going to do bench press, push ups, dumbbell flies, then like maybe do like some hammer curls, and then maybe some kind of the reverse curls to get the make sure I'm also getting the forearms. Would then the next push day would I do different? Yeah, I, I will switch them up. You'll now you do if you do the um the the, the flat bench, do the incline, and then do the decline with it. You know, I was just you know, uh, and then of course you got the you know the cross cables. So it's it's as many things you can you know, high mid and low. <laughs> yeah, you can you can switch up many things. Oh, you, you can do it like just hesitation, like you know, um, you can pull it down, hesitate. Uh, it's called the pause reps, and then push up. So you're not going off momentum. It's it's a lot of things. You change your grips. You know, so also do like one where you count. Do it like slow down and then kind of like a normal up or or reverse that just like, you know, a regular down, then a five count to get back up. Yeah. So even that works. It's all about, you know, you know, just, you know, training, training your body. You really have to discipline your muscle to even take that on, you know. So that's the whole part of muscle growth. Because trust me, your muscle don't want to do that. Your muscle want to just let it go and push it up. So you making them do it like uh, it, it only gets stronger. Have you ever had the experience of having to train or assist people who have over the course like have gained weight and are trying to work off their weight while getting into shape have you had that experience uh yes and um you know often and i believe it be like this right as a trainer when you're working with someone who is overweight they have a super amazing chance of just losing so much weight so fast. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, it's like, it's like, honestly, it seems like fat wants to just jump off. And sometimes you just, you know, get that heart rate up, you know, get them burning some calories and it'll come off. And that right there is enough motivation to keep them going. But you also got to get them in the swing of things. So I did have someone, you know, um, one of my friends who were overweight, I had to help them. And whew, I, I, I tell you, he, he was overweight. I worked with them one-on-one. We ran, we did chest, we did legs. He slimmed up and he went into, you know, the, the strong man's competition. He just, he, he over, he overtook me, he, but he's, he slimmed down. But that very beginning is what changed him. When he saw like, wow, I can really lose this and how it came off. It wasn't nothing about me. It just, it was ready to come off because he was ready to do it. So that happened. And I was like, wow. But then also even further on, you know, I, I trained my wife because I have, I have six kids. Last time we just had, you know, three back to back. So, you know, just training her as well. You know, it's easy at first. The, the initial weight wants to fall right off. 
And what do you do when you grabbed your buddy was like, come on, Bob, we're going and doing this. What did you start him out on? What was your initial sketch for, for Bob to get moving? I don't know what his name is. So I'm calling him Bob. <laughs> uh, Clevo. All right. Yeah. So it's actually Clevo. my boy Clevo. It's, um, interesting enough, it was actually, um, first thing we always do is we start with the runs. We'll do, to warm up our bodies, we did a, a half a mile run. And I always timed him on it. Whatever he got, he, had to, he always beat that time. And then we went on to so many different things. I don't remember that, um, the whole, you know, workout regime. I remember it was it was the runs. He he really did his thing on that. And even till this day, I still love to do that as well. I always, you know, beat my time, beat my time. So even my like my three three minute mile, uh not three minute miles. I was gonna say, do you teleport? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually before I you know, doing my um my three mile runs, when I when I first start, started to do it again, I was doing it in like twenty nine minutes. But now I'm now I'm at nineteen minutes, so I, I slimmed it all the way down. So I'm like, yeah. So you're doing three miles, you're doing three miles in 28 minutes, uh, 19 minutes now, 19 minutes, 19 minutes, three miles, which is yeah, over six. 10 minutes less than I just gave you. <laughs> that is, that is, yeah, just a little over a six minute mile. That is, that is really impressive. And the other impressive thing that the audience isn't going to get to hear because we had a phone conversation in arranging this and you were in mile 2.2 of your three minute mile <laughs> while still talking, where had it been me? The conversation would have sounded like so, <laughs> and he was and, and and Maddox was just you know occasionally taking a breath because he might have liked one <laughs> if he needed it while talking as a normal human being does. Yeah, I, I, but at first, you know, when I when I started doing it every day, my ankles wasn't having it at the beginning. I was like, oh wow, my and my knees. I said, oh, and actually, I started taking you know CLA and uh, fish oils, and that right there. The fish oils really does something amazing to the joints. It's like the it's like the gym's top secret, like that the fish oil. It really removes the soreness and everything like that. My my twin brother told me about it, and I take it. Ooh, I take it religiously. It's really good. Are you a proponent of curry gold butter? There's nothing special about it in Ireland where it comes from. It's just butter in the same way Land O'Lakes is butter, but it's all grass fed cow because apparently Ireland is covered in grass and the cows eat the grass. So it's got like a high amount of CLA. It's got like a really nice nutritious profile. So here it's sort of like the special butter. Check that out. Sounds good. Cause it sounds like what I'm taking already. Yeah. You know, curry gold, it's in the gold packaging and it's here. We think it's special there. They think it's butter. So Maddox, as a trainer, you've talked about the rest. You've talked about, you know, taking a rest, making sure you get enough sleep, uh, making sure your nutrition is good. We didn't, um, what is, when you talk about good nutrition, what is your methodology of eating? Because we talk a lot about various diets on here. We've covered the Mediterranean variations of that. We've covered keto and whatnot. But what do you do? Um, what is your eating methodology, even if it's not like a named thing? Because it's more important to figure out how you're going to eat than to have a diet. It all depends at which you know season or what I'm doing. But one of my favorite uh, diets or even just eating um, habits is like fruits and vegetables. It's like... Uh, I don't know, you know, like in the Bible, it has the Daniel fast when, you know, he didn't eat, you know, select foods, choice foods. So just fruits, vegetables with no dairy. I almost thought I could not do it. But since my wife's a chef, she, she, you know, made it happen. It was so good. Like I, I, I ended up loving, you know, a lot of vegetables, a lot of greens that I never thought I would eat. But right there, without the dairy, of course, without the meats, not only did I feel better, not only did I have more energy, 
but my body responded to it. I didn't have to like really like like really shake my body up in, in the wrong way. Meaning this, you know, if you drink water, it's it's gonna go th- you know through your body and it'll go through your bladder and come right out. Mm-hmm. If you drink other, if you eat other foods, it has to digest, and, and you know, you kind of confuse your mind. Oh, now you got to digest steak today, and then you got to. But with the vegetables and fruit, the di- the way they digest is like, and it's like it's, it's, your digestive system is just smooth, like, and your body just functions entirely different. So I I, I don't know, like even right now when I take protein, I take a uh, or Orgain, which is you know uh, uh just vegan. But I don't know. I don't get like, you know, I don't get bloated. I don't get that the protein, dairy, bloated, stuff like that. So it's it's different. <laughs> so, so right now you're effectively, are you vegan or are you vegetarian? Like, are or are you taking any kinds of animal proteins like chicken or fish? Or is it just I'm on vegetables and you're getting your amino acid profile from like combining beans and like brown rice or some other? Um, no, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not vegan or vegetarian. <laughs> But I, I prefer eating those type of foods a lot more than, you know, having my, you know, my natural burger or um or whatever, or, you know, my fried fish. If anything, I would have been a, a pescatarian, just more fish. But I don't know. It's just my body, my mind, everything feels so much better when it's not meat. When it's not meat, I, I just, I, I didn't really fully look into it, but I just know what I feel when I did it. And I think I learned it when I did my 21 day fast of just fruits and vegetables and my body just. It just took off differently. Skin's better. Sleep better. Everything's so good. You found what worked for you. Yeah. Hey, man, that, that's all that really matters when it comes to things like diet. So it sounds like, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables. Are you big on nuts and like tree nuts and peanuts and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Use that ways of getting your fats and some degree of protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like kind of like a low amount of fish and other things, but mm-hmm. not that's not the main thing. What's your favorite dish? Brown rice and beans <laughs> and some broccoli. Brown rice, beans, and some broccoli. I just love that. You're there in a t-shirt or whatnot, but clearly, and again, like he's running 19 minute, three miles and still having <laughs> mostly normal sounding conversations. So very fit dude. What advice or thought would you give people trying to get themselves on track? What's your, what's your final thoughts and advice for my listeners? I would say my advice to give you guys is they say, you know, if you if you if you can see it, you can achieve it. Like if you put your mind to it, you can really do it. And it's the honest truth. But you always got to remember why you did it, because if you don't remember it in the end, it, it just won't be there. I, I've always always noticed it. So I would just encourage you guys, whatever you can always do to keep looking back or if you need someone to witness there for you. Like, listen, I'm going to be this weight. You know, have an accountability partner, someone to hold you to whatever you say. Don't do things alone because you will find a way to cheat yourself out of it. So, you know, a- accountability and having the reason why you did it and remembering the reason why you did it. And you'll see at the end. Oh, wow. I did it. <laughs> so that's all I had to say to you guys. Ah, uh, Maddox. Wonderful advice. So Maddox, where can people find you when they're not finding you here? I can be found on uh, uh, most of my outlets. I guess. On TikTok, you know, J Maddox, that's J-M-A-D-D-I-X, or um, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, Twitter. Yeah, I'm pretty much everywhere just because, you know, the music and, uh, you know, any other things I'm, you know, speaking, you know, giving work, work encouragement to you know, people. So you can find me anywhere. Just type in J Maddox. You can Google me. I'm there too, everywhere. YouTube. Google is everywhere. <laughs> do you have a website, personal website? Uh, no, I do not. Oh, we'll have to cut that out then. <laughs> or I'll just leave that in. No, I was actually, I was, 
No, I was supposed to actually have one. That's the interesting thing. Um, it was actually supposed to be in the works because I'm releasing another album um, next month. So I was supposed to get it completed, but it's not ready yet. It will be. Cool. And the thing about show notes are they're, they are updatable. So when you have it, okay. I can throw it into the show notes. Okay. Then yeah, I got. I have a. I have a website, jmaddox.com. <laughs> and as for me, I am the fittest fat kid you know, and you can find me at all the socials: Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at fittest fat kid. You can find me on Facebook at fittest fat kid. If you've got a question or concern, if you have a story to tell, or if you need some advice, you can ask me. And I'm at hi there at fittestfatkid.com. You can also check out my website, which is there now, and that is www.fittestfatkid.com. So no matter who you are, wherever you are, or what you're doing, hold yourself accountable, but do it with kindness and understanding. And I'll talk to you next week. 